Hello, beautiful humans. Hey, if you've just pressed play on this episode, you've made a great decision because, oh my goodness, I had a chat with Andrew Cox and he shared a poem and it was absolutely stunning. It is hard for me to put into words how much it moved me just hearing him process uh, some deeply personal things as well as the things we're all processing as we go through pandemic life. But his poem, uh, I think, was a, a pretty stunning and vulnerable piece of writing that he courageously shared, not just with me, but with anybody who listens to this podcast. So I want to say to you, that you are in for a bit of a treat, um, but also um, prepare prepare to be taken to all kinds of places emotionally. Hey, I want to let you know about some pretty exciting things coming up. I love podcasting. If you listen to this podcast, uh, you probably have figured that out by now. Uh, you may or may not know that I actually make multiple podcasts, Poetic Beings, Mankind, and Inhabit with my good friend Benj Gould. Well, I'm now doing something new and in collaboration with the Central Coast Council and my small creative business lead by story running something called Uncontained, which is a festival of podcasting. And we were originally going to do this uh, in physical form. The plans had been going back a while, but we reinvented it uh, as a digital event, obviously, with everything that's been going on. And it's pretty exciting. I have recorded interviews with all kinds of podcasters on the Central Coast. And we're also going to be doing uh, a couple of live stream events, including Speak Up, which is a spoken word night that I've been running on the Central Coast for the last few years. And I'm really... Um, I guess a bit nervous about doing it digitally, but also very excited that we can kind of reinvent what spoken word looks like in our current moment in time. So on Thursday, I believe it is the 28th of May. Yes, Thursday, the 28th of May, 7.30 p.m. If you go to facebook.com slash lead by story, we will be live streaming a spoken word night. There'll be multiple poets uh, performing their pieces, including... Uh, yours truly and I would like to cordially invite you to be a part of that but also just to be a part of uncontained festival of the podcast discover great new shows and there are a whole bunch of workshops as well to help you start your own show if that's something you've thought about well that's enough of an intro this conversation with Andrew is so good so let's dive into that Andrew Cox, it is so good to see you, man. How you doing? Uh, very good. Yeah, I'm really happy to be chatting with you. It's nice to um, hear someone else's voice, I know. <laughs> yeah, I do these podcast episodes kind of for the sake of the podcast, but really it's just an excuse to catch up with my friends who I miss. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, <laughs> it's kind of, um, I know the world changes so quickly at the moment and we're at this point in time where maybe... We're starting to come out of some of the crazy restrictions and life might begin mm. to return to the new normal. But I just want to go back in time and maybe hear for you, like as as the early stages of this thing was playing out, what were some of the big changes in your life personally? Obviously, we all know that there was like global change happening, but what were some of the moments that started to like rock your world? Yeah, yeah. Um well, my, my sister, um, she was actually overseas just before everything hit. And so she came home and then 
Um, she was like, we can't see you for 14 days, like this, this and this. And I was like, oh, okay. Like sort mm-hmm. of not taking it too seriously. Right. And then um, there was changes at the cafe that I was, that I'm like, I was working at um, where, you know, everything went to takeaway and um, uh, yeah, we were hit really hard actually. So mm. um, it all became real very quickly. And um, so, yeah, with those announcements as well, like, like I work in a cafe to try and keep myself alive. Yeah. Um, put food on the table. And then I'm lucky that I get to do some poetry work on the side of that. Um, and, you know, the plan is that I can go full-time poetry one day. It'd be amazing. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so uh, overnight, all of my gigs for the whole year got cancelled. Mm. Like, it was such a rough day. You know, my, my mates were joking about it. But, like, to have gig after gig cancelled hour after hour, you know, mm. like, um, and yeah, I was really excited for some of these gigs. Like, you know, I had flights booked, I had accommodation booked, stuff like that. Mm. And it just really rocked me in that one day. And instantly I just felt hopeless. Yeah. Like, instantly just like felt like, well, that's it. I guess I'm not going to be a poet anymore. Like, I guess, I guess I'm not going to pursue this thing anymore. Like it'll always just be this little hobby mm. and I can't even work as a barista anymore. So like, <laughs> yeah, like, wow. Oh, it was, it was pretty like, you know, I, I've been writing about it and I've been talking about it like a whirlwind. Like, yeah, it was just like, I was sucked up and there was nothing I could do, you know? Yeah. It's interesting mm. thinking about it, like just hearing you talk about it. All of those things that happened had nothing to do with you. You didn't cause them. You weren't responsible for them. You weren't to blame for them. Like people booked you because you're talented, because they want they want to fly you places. You've got mm-hmm. a great gift there. You know, like um, you're an amazing poet. But as soon as those things happen that are outside of your control, you start to internalize and you start to think like negative thoughts about your identity. Oh. You know, oh, like, yeah. and isn't that crazy? Because it's like, actually, it you're is. the same person. Like, those things are outside of your control. But one minute you can feel confident, excited, and then you feel like you start to beat yourself up. Mm. But but you didn't do anything. You weren't mm. to blame for anything. Um, how it, how do you, like, as you look back over the last couple of months, how did you then navigate that, that journey from that moment of feeling totally hopeless Mm. And I, I mean, I'm interested to hear how you're going now, but what's been that internal journey for you like over the, the last little season? Yeah, well, it just, it really just showed me how much my identity was wrapped up in what I do, you know, wow. like, and it's constantly a thing I've been, sh- I've struggled with as an artist, you know, um, like you sort of, you go up the list of like, man, if I win this poetry slam, like that's a big thing with slam poets, I guess. If you win this poetry slam, then you're like, you're this good as a poet. And then like, for me, it was like, I actually wrapped up a lot of my identity in being able to teach poetry. That was something that really like I would, cause you know, I came to the point where I was like, well, you know, if I don't become this famous slam poet, mm. if I could be like this famous poet to a couple kids, that would be pretty sick, you know? Mm, mm. like that would be enough for me. Like, and then all the schools canceling, you know, my shows and um, yeah. my workshops, it was like, it really rocked me like on, on a, in a big way. Like it's hard to, to explain how much of an impact it had. And that was in saying that it's like going back to the fact that actually my identity was so wrapped up in that. Mm. And so it was amazing. Like 
I've been writing about this idea as well, how like I didn't know how much time, how much I needed this time. Mm. You know, having this time away from the work and disconnecting from the work, it got me to a place where I could really start thinking about me as a person and like why, the why behind the what I do. Mm. And yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to learn that lesson over and over again for the rest of my life. Yeah, wow. Man, that's so true. It's powerful. I mean, it's very easy to see ourselves as our work, but the more that we mm. can separate those things, not a problem with your work. Your work is beautiful, but you are not your work. Your work mm. is something that you produce, but your work doesn't produce you. Do you know? Like it mm. doesn't work the other way around. Yeah. Your poems don't make Andrew Andrew. Your mm. um, workshops don't create who you are. You create them mm. and they're like a beautiful mm. gift, but who you are actually comes before that. But it's pretty hard to remember that in, in the mm. world of art. We become very intertwined with yeah. what we make. I think partly that's and because what we share is ourselves. So there is like a vulnerable level of like my art is uh, a reflection of my mm. inner world. So it's pretty precious to put out there. But then it mm. gets a bit tangled when we kind of give ourselves over to that mm. identity. So have you found ways of centering your identity in other places or like you're saying that you've this time has been good in some ways what have been some of the like i don't know the gifts of of the time and the reframe mm, well yeah in in general you know it's it's been a hectic time in my life like um recently my my dad passed away like that was full on really rocked me um yeah. i just turned 23 um like literally like a week ago um, Happy birthday. Than, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, so much has gone on that's, I guess, like big things in life. Yeah, you know, wow. Um, these big, like, you know, I don't know, I guess hallmarks, like these things that mark your mark your identity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, so so much has happened um, that having this um, space to really, like, process it has been really nice because like you were saying um a part of art is like being vulnerable in that sense i think that like the cool part about being vulnerable in the space of art is that everyone has to be vulnerable with you as well because mm. we all go through those things we all experience those things and something i love about spoken word is how accessible it is because mostly it's just our stories it's just mm. people's stories that get um, that get shared back and forth, and yeah, I don't I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I just think um, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot. Is that the question? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm just interested in any of your thoughts, really. Um, I guess I don't know, like if if um, if another moment in history like this was to come, like you hope it wouldn't, but let's just say let's say things go back to normal, right? And mm. your calendar gets full of gigs and you find yourself back, kind of back where you were, maybe even ahead of where you were. And another moment like that happens where like you get the phone call after phone call or email after email cancelling stuff. Mm. Is there anything you would you would hope would be different within yourself or anything you would want to kind of have almost in place so that the response it would still suck, but maybe mm. that there'd be like a different way of responding to it. Mm. Yeah. You know, probably with going through it this time around, hopefully next time around, 
I wouldn't spend so much time trying to like process or trying to figure out what I'm going to do. You know, like I'm lucky that after this, I've learned like a lot about um, who I am as a person and the role of art in my life and my role as an artist. Um, I've like, feel like I've learned some pretty strong lessons in those things and like stuff, Mm. like thoughts, like I don't need to put out that new poem. I don't need to like do certain things just because of the end goal, you know, like Mm. that's really like this time has taught me that, um, that's not, that focus isn't actually as beneficial as I think it is. Mm. You know, what, what I've tried to do in this time after I've processed it, processed it and, um, try to keep, keep going with what I've got, you know, I've had like, lots of thoughts around how would I develop a program now for high schools? Um, What is most important in those sessions and stuff like that? Instead of me just going like probably before this probably would have just been like, I need to do a program because that'd be good for me to get into schools. Mm. You know, like it's been really, it's been really cool to be like, well, like why am I doing that thing? That's the, that's the biggest thing. Like, um, I've been thinking a lot about the why instead of the what, which is um, I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, that's really cool, man. I think like, you know, when you're learning to drive and you have to think really hard about everything, you actually have to consciously, Mm. you know, move the gear stick or put your foot on the Mm. brake or things like that. And then you learn to drive and it just becomes autopilot. And Mm. I think so much of life has is like that and becomes Mm. like that. In fact, I've been reading – Uh, a book called Atomic Habits by a guy named James Clear. And he says that most like, um, you know, psychologists and kind of science says that about 40 to 50% of who we are is just like habits, automation, things we do without Mm. thinking about it. So we're, we're booking the workshops or we're going and doing the set or we're, you know, like kind of just eating our breakfast, doing a lot of stuff that's not bad. It's like part of our brain trying to save energy but actually when a situation like this comes up, we have to learn how to do everything again and nothing's on yeah. autopilot anymore. And mm. it's actually kind of a beautiful gift because it, it oh, awakens man. us and it, it sucks, but it's also like we get to choose the, mm. to think about those deeper questions like you're saying, the why. And that's mm. always a good thing. It's not a good thing having a pandemic, but anytime you ask the why, that's actually a good, really good question to ask. Yeah. Um, it's funny how, um, yeah, it's like, um, there was, you know, I felt like I didn't have any time, you know, before this. And then all of a sudden I had too much time on my hands yeah. like yeah. to deal with. And you see the whole world, you know, like we got to get some board games. I got to get that Xbox. Yeah. You know, I got to <laughs> pull that stuff out. Like, what am I going to do with my time is like, you know, people gardening for the first time in years, yeah. cooking. It's really, really cool. Yeah, that's mm. cool. Yeah, has there been, what have been some of those things specifically for you? Have you found that you've been writing poetry or have you been like gaming out or, or doing some other, like what have you replaced some of those yeah. time losses it's, with? It's funny, like when um when a lot of the restrictions were put in place, you know, like I had no work and then all of a sudden I had no idea what to do because, you know, worked forever. Mm. And then like, so I was like, yeah, we'll get some board games. Um, um, I like pulled out my old Xbox, which I had when I was like 15 and I had to get a new controller cause the other one was busted. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, and you know, I did all those things, and I like I quickly got bored of them. But then I ended up like um, picking up my guitar, mm. and I like I used to play guitar a lot when I was a kid. And like, I guess that that's funny. Like a lot of things I was doing was just revisiting like these childhood things Yeah, wow. that I did to, I guess, past time when I wasn't working, but at the same time, like they were actually like, I don't know, it was, it was an amazing experience, like especially picking up my guitar again and, um, you know, playing all the songs that I could remember and then looking up like new songs to learn. And then, um, uh, yeah, it, that's probably how I spent most of my time, you know, like I got that new strings like, for my guitar. It sounds like you yeah. learned how to play again. Like yeah. we, we kind of do like, I don't know, play falls down the priorities list when we're adults, but mm. it's actually so important. Mm. Like whether it's playing a video game or playing guitar or, you know, exploring yeah. the backyard, you know like that stuff really is important. You know what's crazy? I literally forgot how it made me feel. Mm. So like picking up the guitar again, and like learning a new song, playing it, nailing it, being able to like sing along to it, like that was such a crazy feeling that I like I forgot about. Yeah. And yeah, um, it's funny, it's funny how it's like that. And yeah, yeah, there is there is light in these dark times, you know. For sure, man. And you know, they're both true. That's been my reflection the whole time. Like both stories are true at the same time. You've experienced mm. like crazy loss in the last few months and on mm. a personal level, like with your dad and then, you know, the loss of your work and the loss of like some of like those parts of where your identity has been in, mm. in the creative world, you've experienced some crazy loss and grief, but you've also experienced some wonder and some joy and like some innocent yeah. play and both are true and they don't yeah. have to be like, it's not like they have to be in competition with each other. They can kind of just both be layers of, of mm. life. So, yeah. I am such a huge believer that one of the best ways to hold the layers is poetry. Like poetry mm. helps us to go to the depths and the heights. Amen. And mm. so I have asked you as well as other friends I've been hitting up to write a poem for the time that we're in. And um, I know that it's going to be fresh. I know that I just asked you to do this. So it's not, I don't yeah. want polished. I don't want perfect. I want something cool. honest and real. So, yeah, I'd love for you to share your poem if you're happy to do that. Yeah, for sure. I am happy to do so. Yeah, so, like, the way I write poetry, um, I often will just get, like, little lines, little ideas. I might see a little picture, write it down, think about it for a while. Um, and so when you ask me to, like, a poem for the pandemic or, like, that idea, I'm seeing you posting up these ideas and I'm, like, trying to write about it. I just, I just guess I went to like the random things that has been occupying my mind a lot mm. in these times. And, um, yeah, this is just a bunch of random thoughts. Yeah, um, awesome. But yeah, it sort of sounds like a poem, you know, it's, there's a, there's a story forming. So yeah, I'd, cool. I'd like to put it, but yeah. Cool. Go. Okay. The only thing in life you can be sure of is death and taxes. At least that's what my dad used to tell me. And overnight, when the world went into a whirlwind, my whole year was wiped clean. At least petrol's pretty cheap, too bad there's nowhere I need to be. Instantly, there was a crack in the wind. There was some time penciled in. There was 
all the time, too much to know what to do with, and I didn't know how much I needed this. With every break, there are broken pieces. A lot of time to miss you, to want you to help me with your wisdom. I was thinking about when you built me that bike from scraps from the tip, and Uncle Ron bought me this seat and a new tube for the tire, and you taught me. You taught me about everything always, and I guess that's why you read so much. No wonder you knew everything, and I'm lucky I knew you like that. And only now I'm starting to realize how I knew Uncle Ron is how I knew Uncle Ron is just as important. Even though he was an asshole, he still had a good heart. Funny how your role models, good or bad, still hold the same weight. Uncle Ron lived alone. His only friend, my dad. He wasn't really my uncle, but a long-time family friend that grew to be like family. I didn't understand how they got along. Ron just seemed angry and bitter, and my dad the opposite. In a flat at the back of his son's house, burning rubbish in the backyard. I don't think he ever left home. Maybe he knew something I didn't know. Maybe he let hurt get the better of him. Maybe I don't blame him. Uncle Ron used to tell me that when you die, that's it. There's no afterlife, none of that shit. It's just black, and that's it. When you're dead, you're dead. Proudly spoke his philosophy, fueled by cigarettes and whiskey. Younger me wanted to prove everyone wrong about everything. Now, at 23, I wanna understand the things that scare me. And why? Yeah,、uh, I think maybe that's the biggest lesson I'm learning. When Dad passed away, I thought of what Uncle Ron said and how unfair. But how quickly do we look for comfort after the storm shakes up the environment? I felt it all like raging waters crashing over and over into themselves. A hurricane in my heart, a famine in the depths of me. I hungered for hope. I didn't know I had the ability to feel this empty. I've never known this extremity of this unsettled grieving without closure because there is. There's nowhere else to go. There's just everything left. I've been thinking a lot about Ron these past days, as pandemic wages war all over the world, and within my soul, death becoming a scary reality, and we are forced to feel the distance. How close the end could be. Lessons from Uncle Ron after ten years on how we need community. How much as people. We need people. How life in isolation is a lonely one. How I understand why Dad visited him visited him at least once a week. Uncle Ron was survived by my father. There's something about those words that feel like fire under my feet, like the light in my eyes, like life is more survival than dying, like maybe we don't have to be thriving all the time. That surviving is enough, and those words from the funeral, my father's, survived by his son. They wake me up almost each morning since that day. Survived by his son, I've been waking up with songs in my heart. I've been going to bed tired, but with nothing to show for it but the laps I run around in my own hand. There's so much left unsaid, but maybe it's okay, and I'll learn what to do with all of it. Ellipses. 
everywhere But a story left unfinished should be the story we are living I'm really glad I didn't sell my guitar when I said I did I thought I don't play much anymore With work and work and work and work and work and work And instantly I had all the time in the world for once And I played so hard, with so much heart I was calling dad back from the infinite unknown And I played his favourite songs with blurry eyes and wet cheeks And grin from ear to ear But such a heavy heart, burning fingers, tears in heaven Slow hand, father and son, Cat Stevens, Queen, the Bee Gees Greatest hits, old radiogram, thick moustache Paisley print button up, black dress shoes, navy blue suit My mother, his brown eyed Brown-eyed girl, wedding dress she keeps safe Picture of them eating cake that makes me proud to have come from them Fuck the culture that told me their love was not legitimate That she was a mail-order bride You weren't there to see their honeymoon To see them raise two kids To do their best to keep a roof over our heads And food in our bellies To see my mother cry at his bedside To cry every day since To play their song every night since It doesn't really get better At least not yet But with that Then when And I think That's one positive, something I am learning to understand how fragile it all is, how one day it's just all finished. I don't know if when it happens, there's no afterlife. That when you're gone, you are just gone. But I know that it doesn't feel fair. But I know it's a part of the lesson in loss. And maybe Uncle Ron knew something I didn't. I can see now how pain can quickly make you bitter. But feeling not harnessed is surely feeling wasted. Not to let this all run free, but to keep it under rain. So yeah, I got anger. There's a lot of reason for me to be angry. And my story is not like anyone else's and there's beauty in that isn't there so I write my poems and tell the stories only I can from the places only I've been and I haven't seen many people like me represented much so I guess I gotta be a role model and if taxes is one thing to be sure of I'll try and spend my time doing this thing for us all but for my own gain, and I guess Parliament thinks art isn't an essential service, at least not enough to cover our wages, but I don't think I've ever written a poem my own for my own gain, and if death is something to be sure of, I'll be sure to live my days remembering with each day I survived, and with all that's unsure, with all the anger that's the result, I'll make sure not to waste it in loving memory or in living memory. Rest in peace, everything behind me. I choose to carry what comes with me and we never truly lose what becomes lost. Kept alive and memory and what is left from when we are gone. At the front of my house, there are roses growing tall and strong. Your roses still growing Your roses still growing, what we are survived by is more than our bloodline, legacy is more than what is left behind, it's the seeds we sow, it's what we leave to grow, it's the lives not yet finished that we had the chance to influence and with that, as finite beings, we have a chance to make an impact that's infinite. Oh, man. Uh, 
that was um there were moments listening to that that felt so sacred to me <laughs> and i feel so honored that you would share those words with me and with others you know i'm going to obviously share this with others but i feel like it's just for me in this moment as really yeah, special cool. man thank you i appreciate that that's that's what it's about um, oh, yeah yeah man yeah that's it's weird doing a poem that's not edited that's literally just like a stream of thought you know yeah i haven't done that in a long time so well thank yeah. you man yeah no it was powerful i loved it um took me all kinds of places i'm mm-hmm. sure sure it will for other people as well the uh yeah like i said the depths and the heights right <laughs> yeah 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 oh, it's funny yeah it fully coincides hey like it's yeah it's a part of the beautiful mystery that is, mm. you know, as beautiful as it is painful. It's just yeah. all a part of it. It's all a part of the story. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Go and give Andrew some love on social media. Go give him a follow on Instagram at Andrew Cox Poetry. Look him up on, on Facebook and all over the interwebs. If you are interested, I put all of my poems that I've written for a pandemic on my blog at willsmall.com.au. You can go look that up. I wrote nine poems in March and April, all looking at life in this uh, disrupted state. Uh, The Poetic Beings book is available for purchase still. Again, if you go to willsmall.com.au, you can grab the book, which has all the interviews I did in the first season of Poetic Beings and the poems I wrote about the people I interviewed with beautiful artworks by Grant Maloney. So go and uh, buy a book and follow Andrew and um, be a part of the Uncontained Festival of the podcast on Lead by Stories Facebook page. And... uh, Go and give me a review. If you are enjoying this podcast in its current form, I'd love to hear from you. So go give me a review if you can on Apple Podcasts or just write one on social media. Text your friends. I don't know. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. What would you like to see a poet do on a podcast? Well, sending big love your way to you and yours. Keep being creative. Keep finding those childlike things like Andrew was talking about. Um, things that maybe you've forgotten that you used to get joy from. And I'll see you next time on Poetic Beings.